G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I'd stopped believing in God at that stage and went on a quest into different spiritualities right right there in, in the boarding school. And that, that was probably the hardest time in my life. I just wanted something more and, and to know that I had some reason that I was alive and existed. So any any um, guru or professor who claimed to know more than anyone else, I'd dig into every book I could find. Yeah, they became my obsession for a couple of years or so. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Jonathan Gabbard is a young man who has gone on quite a spiritual journey. He has dabbled in New Age mysticism and explored several philosophies. But as we'll hear today, he has found his spiritual home in his faith in Christ. Jonathan is having a chat and sharing his story with Karen Hunt. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Good morning, Karen. Great to be with you. We've become friends just this year through shared involvements at our local church. Rewinding, though, to your early years, share with our listeners, where exactly were you born and bred and what was life like for you as a little guy? Yeah, so I was born in Brisbane, um, but soon moved with my mum, dad, my my little brother to a a country town near Melbourne called Shepparton, where um, we spent the first years of our life. I remember finding ways to jump our six foot fence with my little brother. He was he was about a year younger than me and we go explore the neighborhood dam and there are no limits for us. You mentioned something to me previously about peewees, little motorbikes. You've got some fun memories of those times. Oh yeah, the daring kids the neighborhood had their little motorbikes. They never con- convinced me to fly around on them, but uh, they were kind of the, the common toy down where, where we lived. So you moved down there because of your dad's work? Yeah, my family and I, we've, we've always been uh, a bit nomadic. Dad was offered a job at a hospital down there, so we uh, we took the opportunity. And yeah, it was great. It meant that I got to grow up in the country and really enjoyed those first years of life. So what was his role in the hospital? Well, he was a radiographer, and um, I've always been proud of my dad. He's been able to pick up things, make them efficient. Oh, he, he ended up managing the department down there. And your mum? What was her thing? My mum just raised us kids. I, I think she really enjoyed it. When you say just raised you kids, I know when some mums say, I'm just a mum. Mums are never just mums. They're very special people. But if that was the job she chose as a, a home mum, is that what you're saying? Yeah, Oh, it was a, it was a full-time job though with uh, myself and my little brother. He was about a, a year younger than me. So Jonathan... Was there a faith aspect in your family culture in those early years or not really? <laughs> Other than a few crystals dangling around the house who weren't really a, a faith family. But um, we eventually made some beautiful friends down there who were Christian and, and they became like family to my mum and us boys. Uh, her friend I always called auntie and, and her daughters were like sisters to my brother and I. So uh, I think this must have helped me as we were growing up. Actually, when, when I was about four, my mum my and dad 
departed and eventually we, we flew back up to Brisbane from my, my early years of primary school. Yeah, God God never left my life. And actually from those Christian friends, I always knew he was there and, and he's stayed with me ever since. Now you mentioned your mum, you mentioned the family, friends and your brother. How did your dad respond to this influence from this particular family? <laughs> my dad... When I was younger, he wanted the the footy kicking, rough and tumble boy. I was more your quiet introvert type. So <laughs> coming to faith was probably just another weird part of my personality that he tried to ignore as I was growing up. So it wasn't a part of his makeup? It hadn't been a part of his world? No, not not my dad. He was more concerned about getting by day to day and, and his work and things like that. So it sounds like that was something that was quite foreign to him. Oh, yeah. Um... Religion and, and faith was probably something quite alien to my dad. So you mentioned you moved back to Queensland. So that was just with your mum and your brother. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We moved back up to be with my auntie and uncle and grandparents. So uh, I became a Brisbane boy and started developing my life from there. And your dad remained in the hospital? He remained in the hospital, eventually moved to Melbourne to marry my now stepmama, a wonderful lady and continued managing hospitals down there. And that's what he's still doing? Yeah, that's what he's still doing now. So for you guys, for your mum, for your bro, you said you moved back to Queensland to the support of your grandparents and your aunties and uncles. Was that a good thing? I loved having my my family around, spending time with, with my uncle. He was a prop maker. Spent some good afternoons creating interesting things with him. So he worked for the theatre? He worked for mainly kids' television programs and at Movie World. I was one of your uh, nerdier type kids in primary school. I loved painting little miniatures with my friends and we played handball every lunch break. Nothing nerdy about that. That's pretty typical. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I loved running. I, I graduated high school last year and... My, my nickname in my valedictory book was Run Gabbett Run, so everyone knew me as the runner boy, and I picked that up in, in primary school. What got you into running in the first place? I guess I kind of felt like the... It's probably insecure, maybe, about the friends I grew up with and the, the popular kid. And in my mind, he, uh, he won the sports carnival every year, but I was the one who could hunt him down in a game of Tiggy, so... I kept going with that and eventually came to love it and won it myself. Yes, victory. Uh, so got addicted from there. And that gave you a sense of confidence, of success? Yeah, for sure. I, I felt pretty important, I guess, from, from my running. It was something I was noticed for, which is important at that time. I guess later on, God, God's become a central part of my life. Yeah, that, that was my way of uh, fitting in and in the more popular crowds. You've been telling me about a period in your life where you felt that fear overtook you. Can you tell us about that season? Yeah, when when I was 12, my great-granddad died, and that actually really affected me. I stopped believing, and God had, God had been important in my life up until that point, and I stopped believing around that time and not having a dad around. Running was, was my way of feeling important and getting attention and... I felt less small, nerdy, feminine with that. So the running gave you the confidence boost that it sounds like you needed, yeah? Yeah, definitely. It was a big jump hearing 
hearing your name called out by by the rest of your school and and cohort in a race. Um, I loved it. So, Jonathan, entering your teenage years, tell us about high school and how did life develop now that you found your thing in the running scene? Yeah, going from primary school to high school was a a big jump for me. I'm glad I had the running. It it meant that everyone got to know me pretty quickly on the cross-country days and athletic carnivals. It was a, a strange jump for me going from primary school to high school where I originally felt like the nerdy kid. Um, high school, it was strange. I had like this element of girls and I, I fit in almost too quickly for my comfort there. So high school was in Brisbane? No, actually, I, I went to high school in, in Logan, an hour or so from Brisbane. We, we've always been a bit of a, a gypsy family, which was good for me. I enjoy new crowds and meeting new people and it also meant... I got to form a new identity and and be someone new to everyone I met rather than people sort of remembering my past, which was an appealing idea at the time. So what did you love at high school? What were your favourite subjects? What were you good at beyond the running? I've always loved uh, science and biology and the human body. That's really captured my attention. But everything was a new exciting adventure in, in high school. I was lucky to get into my high school with an academic scholarship, actually, I was an all-rounder student, so I was the one that everyone was trying to sit next to in class coming near test day. So you're a bit of a smarty one, huh? <laughs> I, I guess so, yeah. I actually really enjoyed my schoolwork. How did you get to TSS? So uh, the last three years of high school, I went to a boarding school. Um, when I was 14, I became quite good at my running. I was actually the fastest in the country from my age at the time, and I was lucky to catch their interest for a scholarship. So off I went there to live at boarding school. Is that something that your mum sought out or something that came to you? My grandfather was house captain of my boarding house 50 years ago. So she actually secretly always wanted to send me there. And I was more than glad. I loved watching TV programs with boarding schools. A little different once I got there. But um, yeah, it was a a well-welcome change. In year nine, I, I actually began to really struggle at school in year nine and the the friendship groups that were quick to form soon fell away and yeah my mum took me to TSS to have a look around and in my heart I thought wow this place is beautiful I could do another three years here so it was settled and I went off to live for boarding school. You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is chatting with a young man named Jonathan Gabbett and finding out his life journey as well as his spiritual journey. We'll hear more of his story, including his search for truth, when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Karen Hunt chatting with Jonathan Gabbett, who, as a young man, has gone on quite a spiritual journey. As we'll hear, he's dabbled in New Age mysticism and explored several philosophies. But this never brought peace in his life. Now, we'll hear the rest of his story and how faith in Christ has impacted his life. From what you're saying, 
running and study, those two key things were kind of like an escape for you. Did it remain that way now in a boarding school context? Yeah, the sport was definitely uh, a good way to... Well, my, my boarding school was an all-guy school, so it was definitely a quick way to, to fit in. See, when I was younger, I grew up always to sort of feel small and inadequate and quite feminine. So for me, running and, and being smart was a good way to, to fit in. But you know, we, we, we self-fulfill the, the lies and, and words we've got in our heads. And very quickly, the friendships I would form and the people I'd come to trust would fall away, which was different now that I didn't actually have a, a family to turn back to. Living by myself at boarding school, I became quite obsessive in in my studies and I'd stopped believing in God at that stage and went on a quest into different spiritualities right right there in, in the boarding school. And that, that was probably the hardest time in my life in year 10 and 11. So when you say different spiritualities, what exactly do you mean? Uh, I, I guess you would you'd call me new age. I, I, I just wanted something more and, and to know that I had some reason that I was alive and existed. So any, any um, guru or professor who claimed to, to know more than anyone else, I'd dig into every book I could find on uh, quantum mechanics and big sounding names and also just Buddhism and Eastern spiritualities. Yeah, they became my obsession for a couple of years or so. So just you personally or with other mates at the same time? I came into a stage where I really struggled to speak with people except for um, a few. So I had my art teacher, Mr. Early. He was a bit of a, a guru, so I talked with him. No, I was fairly alone in it. And um, my mum was also into self-development. And so we'd, we'd talk about it over the phone. I, I guess running stopped being enough and I, I wanted to find some sense of self-importance. And I thought, well, if I if I change the world, then maybe I'll, I'll be worth something. So I just soaked up every bit of knowledge and wisdom and, and know-how I could, hoping that one day I could be some leader or teacher that, that could change the world for good. But uh, on the inside, really, I was just trying to escape this dark feeling that I was going nowhere and that I didn't matter. And that was my way out. So, Jonathan, did this continue right through till the end of your schooling, the end of your senior year? I did this until around grade 11 where things began to cave in, I guess. Um, all these dreams and goals I was striving towards, I couldn't see them getting any closer and I, I panicked. At that stage, I was considering running away from boarding school and getting trained up by some spiritual healer or, or something in my my head in that stage. But I, at, at the time, actually, I, I got a scholarship to go to this spiritual conference in, in Surface Paradise, which was quite pagan, I guess. And there I met this wonderful lady named Jenica. She was working for a chiropractor there, and, and, and I was the youngest at the event. She said she felt it was on her heart to pray for me. In that time, I met a friend at school who invited me to youth, and eventually I... I I decided to go to church there and on the, the night before, I hadn't done any of my assignments or exam, the night before I was deciding to leave school, I I went to church for some reason and I, I don't know how to describe it. God put his hand in me and I, I went out of the church to pray with someone and had an encounter with God. Um, I see like my pride and my sense of importance was in what I knew and my wisdom. And at that point, meeting him, I realized that I knew nothing and 
my heart gave way and he came in. It actually, that one encounter changed my life from then on. God had always been a, a, a concept for me. I, I'd called him the Grand Order Divine. Actually, the, the first time I was invited to a youth group, I had tears in my eyes. I thought, oh, here I am to bring hope to these innocent Christian people. Crazy, I know. But yeah, sitting there in a church, I actually encountered their God and, and every thought, opinion, idea that I'd ever had was washed away as I realized the reality of who he was. I, um, God since that day hasn't hasn't been a concept, hasn't been a theory. He legitimately became my father and has been ever since. So can you tell us about your real dad at this point? I know earlier on in the conversation you were saying you were, what, four years of age when your parents split, you moved back to Queensland. You're still in contact with your dad now? Yeah, still in contact. I was I was fairly lucky that um, my dad and, and his partner wanted to keep relation with my brother and I and he actually eventually moved back down to Melbourne to live with him. Me, on the other hand, I never really had a relationship with my dad. We were at opposite ends of the spectrum. Actually, that was until I became a Christian, actually. So was that an incident that reconnected you and your dad? Yeah, definitely. Actually, I think the simple fact of, see, I I thought, oh, I'm going to make an impact on the world. I'm going to do something great. Before I came to Christ, I'd really personally shut my dad out of my life. And um, although in my head, I wanted to change the world for good, I was quite uh, self-absorbed, I guess you could say. Um, Yeah, coming to know God and and seeing people through his eyes, I really gained new respect and appreciation for my dad, even though we lived apart. Now we're, we're back in relationship. Yeah, I love him very much. Jonathan, what does your dad think of this newfound faith that you have? Oh, I think he's appreciative of um, the effects it's had in my life. Still thinks it's a little weird. We've we've definitely had some interesting conversations, uh, but I, I guess I've come to see now that he um, really wants the the best for me, and tend to know that I'm thinking seriously about my life and my future. And for him, up to now, Christianity is has just been another fad that I had or a thing that I've I've gotten into. But um, I think that he he can appreciate the real effects that it's it's had on my life and the newer life approach and attitude that I've, I've had from it. Um, yeah, so he, he can appreciate that. So here you are in your gap year. It's almost coming to a close. You're aiming to study exercise science next year at Griffith Uni and get into physiotherapy. So are you looking at following your dad in any way into the hospital setting? Yeah, that's right. Physiotherapy, it, it's quite funny actually that I'm I'm following his path now. It was really a, a spontaneous decision. Previously I'd been literally cold and and shaking at, at the thought of what I was gonna do in the in the future. Reconciling and, and coming back in a relationship with my dad is is actually really definitely helped. We we sorted things out. I didn't intentionally follow his footsteps but it was from reconnecting with him and inviting him into my decision-making. I remember there's been times where I've been cold and, and literally shaking with, with fear at the idea of, of my future. Recently, I, I, I spent some time with my dad in, in Melbourne and, and we walked it through. And um, from there, my fear fell away and I realized, well, that's, that's what I love. 
the body and and sports so it just fell in place yeah it's incredible although he's not a believer it's incredible the beautiful effects that really letting him back into my life has has had i've had an incredible amount of peace about my decision actually whereas before it was just fear and anxiety and what does your mum think of your choice oh mum, mum's funny she just wants me to be happy <laughs> and know that she loves me yeah but i think she's excited that i'm in the the health industry because she was the one who saw me reading all the books and studying that sort of thing so yeah she's glad that i'm doing something that she knows i love and how does she feel about your decision to become a christian it's it's actually funny um mum was actually quite challenged with the decision i made i guess i put 100% into anything that i did so um <laughs> i was probably a bit zealous when I, i first came to jesus so that i think put her off a little bit but um we have eventually came back to mutual respect and um yeah again she she really loves the effect that christianity and and also having a church family where i'm i'm living on the gold coast has had on my life so what difference really has this had on your life oh wow it says in the bible that uh, if any man come to christ he be a new creation and um yeah i can definitely say that to be true in in my case but before before i believed in in god like i do now i had an intense anxiety i was sort of bipolar into depression elation yeah I, depression is almost unknown to me now also this is a big exciting question what god can do in a life is definitely my life passion now uh, god god set me free from obsessiveness and well ocd people i never noticed before all, all of a sudden i had love on my heart and um <laughs> layer upon layer of self-absorption god's been continually stripping away from my life i i never knew what it was to love before god and and as a father is teaching me how to how to make friends and also insecurity it really it really melts away when when you get to know the father's love so meeting god really was uh, a 1 180 degree turn from fear to freedom I always thought if if I tried hard enough I could change my life and I could take me from where I was to to where I wanted to be. What I discovered was that I'd been trying to run away from things in myself the whole time but in God I, I had no reason to run. In him I, I literally found peace. I found a new identity and in him was this sweet sweet hope and actual expectation for good in the future not not scary nightmares that I was trying to escape you're valuable hey you're so valuable and and you are important and you are loved and god is real and, and there is a future for you there is hope for your future and god is actually here to be a father and and, and there's no problem in us too great for him to deal with. Yeah, I I've been through intense times of anxiety where <laughs> I I didn't know who I was or where I was going, but it's it's important to remember that our feelings and and thoughts are actually not the truth and there is a hope for you and for your life in Christ. If you could see yourself through God's eyes, you would realize that you you actually are significant and it doesn't matter what you believe about yourself god does have a plan for your life so it's important to get to know him 
you know, I think that the best way to do this is to find yourself some love oozing Christians and bug them with questions. Jonathan, thanks for your time, for sharing with me, mate. Everyone's on their very own journey. But for you, as you continue, I wish you well for the future that God has in store for you personally. Bless you, mate. Thanks so much for sharing. Thanks, Karen. Good to be with you. That was Karen Hunt chatting with Jonathan Gabbett, who, as a young man, has gone on quite a spiritual journey. As we heard, he dabbled in New Age mysticism and explored several philosophies for a while, but these pursuits never brought peace in his life. But now he has found his spiritual home and his faith in the Lord. And it was great to hear the profound impact Christ has had on his life. As the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Well, how about you? Have you been searching for fulfillment outside of Christ and have not found peace yet? Well, we'd love to lead you into a relationship with God. And our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And we would love to pray for you at that number, 1-800-772-936. Well, thanks for joining us for Jonathan's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Well, it was a day like any other day. Scott was um, off to work and I remember it was after 9.30 and he still hadn't arrived home. So I tried calling a few times and it just sort of rang out and went to his message bank and I started to really worry. I think we called the police um, just to see if they had any news and we were told that a policeman was coming around to the house. Tenille Jeffrey has an amazing story of how God has carried her through some traumatic life events. Tragically, she lost her husband shortly after he had put his faith in Christ. Tenille will recall the tragic events of that day and the role her faith in Christ has played in her healing. That's coming up next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.